This week on the Push Wallows podcast, we talk about coaching and giving too much information. Two, one, tuck your chin in, mate. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Poor Legs podcast with myself, Damik. And me, Tom Hall. What's going on, man? Yeah, all good, all good in the hood. I don't really have much else to say, really. <laughs> wow, apart um, from that absolute classic rhyme. Yeah, that's, that's all I've got, I mean, actually. Absolute um, legend. I don't have much more to go on because you've not done anything stupid this week that I can take the piss out of. <laughs> um, so yeah, other than you've lost your headphones, which is... Uh, yeah. So you're so, right, having shit headphones. So I have several, several headphones because I'm such a baller. Um, but well, I've got two right here, Dan. I can literally show you. I've got two here, um, some yeah. more. I've got two on my head, but they're over ears. And believe it or not, guys, when we podcast, I like in-ears, like little buds. Um, yeah. I prefer having over ears when I train. And <laughs> I need no buds, and I don't know where they are. So Makes no difference. It's just a preference. Um, but the buds obviously get, they seem to get mixed and lost. Because I normally transfer from recording studio, bedroom, um, to my lounge when I edit, put it up. Um, yeah. But I need my headphones for that, just in case there's something ridiculous that I, that we might have said during the show that I need to take out, which has happened on an odd occasion. Um, Believe it or yeah. not, <laughs> most of it really even. Most of it, probably I go ninety nine point seven percent probably leave in, um, just in case me and Dad use. Dad? I called you Dad. Wow. <laughs> That's getting pulled. Uh, <laughs> you know Dad, Dan. Basically, I'm, st- I'm, I'm on the back end. I'm still a bit nasally um, of a little bit of flu. But um, yeah, <laughs> they seem to have lingered forever. That's why some of my pronunciations will not be as crisp as they are usual, Dan. Usually. <laughs> no, usual, mate. Usual. Slang. Um, yeah, but interesting, mate. Um, what are we talking about today? Oh, Merch. Um, but the merch, I need to buy some, man. I need to get yeah, some. Yeah, no, I've got to make Dan buy some. I mean, that's all fine. So, using the same, the product, we're like, we're like, I don't say presently, like, surprised, but they're nice. They're good quality. Pleasantly. Pleasantly. Pre- not pre- presently. I'm, I'm stumbling over my words, mate. So, yeah, then I have to coach me through this today. So, I'm still a bit nasally. Hence, my coaching cues have been to, had to be an immaculate. That's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. No, I found, because um, I found a company, like, from getting the biceps and banter stuff. And, um, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised with the quality of the stuff that came through. I mean, it's a little bit more expensive than most, but um, the most sort of places you can get kind of merch, I suppose. But I, like I said, I said this to my clients the other day, I still have to buy it as well. Like, I don't like, get it for free or anything. <laughs> I just buy it. And um, like I said, it, we don't bullshit people at all. And, and I honestly, the hoodie, the quality of the hoodie is so comfortable. I'm not taking it off because it's so warm. <laughs> the only I'm thing just, is, I, I have a couple of Vans hoodies, and I... The only thing I might ask him to see if they will do this in the future with the hoodies, because obviously that is the pocket. Yeah, like I, I like, like the two pockets though. I don't. Like so the yeah, pocket. I like I like the big pocket that goes all the way through, and not the two separate pockets. So that's just that's just a preference. So if I've got a jacket, I think the obviously that we're using that. as well. Like I think they they are always adding new things. I think they're fairly newish. Yeah. Um, companies, I think they're always adding new products to it and stuff. But um, I think I'm going to get a sweatshirt next and see how comfortable they are. Yeah, sweatshirt looks cool. So yeah, if you want to go buy stuff from Biceps Banner, 
from mine. Well, the push pull from ours, Dan. Sorry, mine. Listen Who's... to him. <laughs> <laughs> Have you put the mine. link in? Is, is it in your link tree? No, I'm, you're oh, wow, just about to start wow. it today, mate. You just Jesus, told me today. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I, saw the... On the, I saw on your story today that you had merch before you even told me, and I got hey. on the podcast, and I was like, oh, <laughs> then. Wearing it as well, yeah. So all the coloured ones have got like a, a white emblem, um, like a converse emblem, basically. And then all the white ones have just got the emblem on. Lovely. If you want to get mine. There you go, ladies and gents. You heard it first. <laughs> Tom thinks it's all his. Wow. So right. if we have a, if we ever have a divorce, he's getting it all by the looks of it. <laughs> yeah, it all. all those royalties. <laughs> yeah, <whatever>. downloads. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, we've got stuff to talk about today because Dan was. Uh... Well, Dan's got. Go no, by the way, by the way, I just realised we do all this for free, right? If anyone wants to advertise on a podcast, feel free to message us. Do you would do a good rate? A good rate, yeah. We just we probably just do it for yeah anything anything <laughs> anything. <right. laughs> We've done it before. Bear Bell sent us free bars for for a short while, and then uh, then we realised that we're not exactly uh, in line with their branding. Probably not. It's but... not even that. It's, she couldn't be bothered getting back to us. <laughs> we got, vegan we and get like decided, one what? two months worth, and then yeah, went vegan, and then was like, oh wait a minute. Okay, yeah, wonderful. Yeah, yeah wonder we, should, we should approach someone. Maybe we should approach someone. Maybe we need to be a bit more out there, Tom. Because we just don't weird as shit at this sort of thing. Well, I think I think it's uh, even even if your company is not about nutrition or fitness, it doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it's just be a taxi like, company for all I care. Because at the end of the day, everyone, <laughs> is, everyone who listens is pretty sound, bar one or two people. Most of them are pretty are pretty sound, and I think people would be surprised <laughs> with how many people actually listen to the podcast. I can't. I still can't believe how many people listen to us ramble on each week. You're no, you're an idiot if you listen to this. Five idiot. and a half minutes in, and we haven't said anything about nutrition and fitness yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no one cares about it. That's why. It's fine. We should uh, diet coke. Anybody who is there's got to be some poll that uh, I've got the Waitrose Cloudy Lemonade. Very wow. good. Didn't you have a go at me a few weeks ago for having own brand ones? Yeah, but this is different. Oh, is it? All right, yeah, okay. Mate, it's Waitrose, not, it's not Tesco. Tesco. <laughs> mate, Waitrose's own brand oh, is better dear. than some brands. So, <laughs> right, come on, mate. If you're posh enough. No, but that one is actually the there's best no, cloud lemonade I've, I've probably tried. There's no Waitrose near me. No. Well, you need to move to a nicer part of London, mate. Uh, clearly, I know. Pick up your penthouse and move it. <laughs> does your penthouse not come with a supermarket in it? I'd have thought that would be part of the deal. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a, a mini bar, restockable there's, fridge that you can no, request what you want. But yeah, there's a Tesco in my building, so that's probably why. So I, I have to venture outside for about pff, ten spaces. Oh um, mate, that must be such a hardship for you into, from your penthouse. Down, get, the, down get the elevator lift. all the way down. Down the lift. I know it is tough sometimes when you're like, oh, do I really need to go? <laughs> I have to leave the flat and then go down the lift five floors. If Tom, if if, if I life. if I've walked outside and I see the zero on the elevator. I'm just like, wow, I've got to wait this long. Jesus Christ. Awful. Like it, yeah. Amazing. It's awful. Easy, man. Cool. Anyway, should we talk points. about something that you guys <laughs> want to listen to rather than uh, us do? Yeah, so what uh, Dan, uh, Dan with the ideas, amazingly, um, he wanted to talk about giving too much information. I don't know where this is driving from. And funnily enough, what I've been writing some like content on, um, not really for general use. So it's only going to be on here. I'm not going to post about it that much because um, I'm posting ages. It's going to be more course workshop based. Is uh, queuing systems and how are we coach properly? Um, yeah, but you want to talk about giving too much information. Something's been grinding Dan's gears. So uh, strap in. 
with a listen to it for a while. I just think it's sometimes people either ask for advice. Off the back of that, how many uh, how many comments did you get off? Uh, it wasn't last week, but the week before when we reviewed that article about some professors and stuff like that. I uh, quite a few people messaged yeah, me. Yeah, quite a few yeah. comments would be like, Dan's quite a, a bit, few were like, bit nuts right. on this show. <laughs> it's all good, though, isn't it? It's yeah. all good. It's all good publicity. Um, no, I think this comes from like people ask for advice sometimes, and we get it sometimes on like Instagram lives and stuff like that, and the same sort of people ask the similar questions and. It's the whole thing about like asking for too much help or asking for too much advice and then you get given advice and you don't see it through or like you want the next bit of advice. It's like, no, you don't need the next bit. You just need to do this. Um, so like I've had it a few times with clients as well, like actually last week, looked at their assessment weeks, looked at what their, you know, their food diets, where they're at with things. And it was like, right, you just need to start your breakfast and lunch. I don't care what you have for dinner. I literally don't care. Just do this for breakfast, this for lunch. Um, prep some food, like get something in the fridge, like know where you're at with things, be consistent with that, let's see where you're at next week. And they kind of look at you as if to say like, oh, is that it? And you're like, yes, you can't even do that. So let's start with that. Um, and they seem a bit like bewildered when you just give them one thing to do. But like it's <laughs> yeah. part and parcel of coaching. Is like you wouldn't give someone 20 cues when they're doing an exercise. You give them one, they learn it, they master it. Then when, when the exercise becomes difficult, when a load goes up, you might give them a different cue. And it's the same thing with like coaching and nutrition. But also like... It's a bit of advice I like to heed myself in, I suppose, work and I suppose, I don't want to say business, I hate saying business, but it's like if you're self-employed, like everything you do is business. And it's kind of like focusing on one thing at a time and not thinking too far ahead and not worrying about, you know, the next project or the next thing you're doing. It's just do something for a bit, be consistent with it, be patient and see how it evolves. And it's just the same with nutrition coaching. I get it all the time. People message me go, oh, can you help me with this? What do you think of this? What do you think of that? And I'm like, it doesn't really matter. Because whatever I tell you, you're not going to do it because you've asked me this before and you didn't do it last time. And it, I think Suk talks about it a lot. He calls it like, it's called infobesity. And he's like, everyone wants loads of information, but no one's actioning any of it. And I think it's really important that people do something, do it well, action it. And then once you've achieved that and you've done something from it, then get more advice, then go for something else. But people constantly try and focus on far too many things at once. Um, without ever like seeing something through and i think it is really really prevalent in the fitness industry like it has to be the next thing it has to be the next big thing rather than just focusing on doing one thing well for a couple of months then looking at the results of it um yeah it just got to me i just think like when we we're talking before about about it all and then you mentioned obviously it's something you've gone over about with training and something we're going to go over on that on our weekend in march and it's it's about how to coach someone and i suppose no one really goes over this sort of stuff and they don't assume, you know, that there's like a hierarchy, I suppose, of queuing people. And there's a way you go through the system and you don't just jump in randomly at a random point. You start from a point of going, right, where's this client need to start? Start from here and then build upon it rather than just giving them everything and giving them like a fucking encyclopedia or a manual. There you go. Crack on. Well, it's not really helping them. It's probably why they failed up to this point. They've got all the information, but they can't actually apply it. It's your job to help them apply that information in a systematic way so that they get results. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just think people are just far too obsessed with knowing everything, and it's okay not to know everything. But if you know stuff, but you're not applying it, you're just wasting your time. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's human not to know stuff, right? And then the application of it, I feel, is the biggest thing. I think the, the worst thing you can do is come to, for example, a workshop like ours, and then you're just like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I, I like that, I like that, I like that. Cool, cool, cool. And then kind of it sits there, back of your brain, but you don't 
end up doing any of it. And then you're like, well, is there much point? Have I, I've, great, I've gained some knowledge, but mm. it's the applied nature of it. And I, I, I feel like maybe more than a lot of, in, it's probably the circles that we move in, but maybe more than a lot of industries, that there seems to be an everlasting kind of, um, I don't know, they put that people want to go get educated or renew their stuff. Yeah, and yeah that people, people are always always, always going for it, new things to do, and yeah. which is sure, great. People, and then I'm like, asking oh. for like, new courses though as well. Like that's the other thing is, be asking for like new. Co- what's the next course I should go? What's the next thing I should do? Yeah. And like, You're like, hang on a minute. And it just seems like, like you said about the people that we've seen to have signed up on the course. You kind of look at them all and go, right, they're all of a certain position in their career. They're all at a certain point, and it kind of like. You feel we feel good almost. I suppose we're reaching people we want to reach who, who are at a point where they're going to actually implement it and apply it. But I remember when I first joined Third Space, I'd done my masters and I was like, right, what's next? And I did. I spent three grand on a nutrition course, and I've still not never completed it, even to this even to this day. <laughs> and the reason being is that I'd spent a year doing it. I didn't know I was BTN like, BTN was three grand. Well. <laughs> no, <laughs> and like I spent a year doing it, and then I realised, hang on a minute, this just isn't applicable like i'm not helping it's not making me a better coach it's just knowledge for knowledge's sake it's not actually you know helping me become better at my job and and i think with a lot of trainers as we've spoken about before is actually they focus a lot on some things that just don't matter and i certainly been guilty of that and and like i think when i did um when i did mnu i think it was really useful because they went over aspects of how to coach someone and coach client relationships and actually how to understand like elements of psychology and and also clinical populations that you may be exposed to and all this sort of stuff rather than just teaching you from a textbook which again like a lot of unis and stuff do is like it's great having knowledge but i don't think it's as essential as people think it is i think it's more essential that you actually learn something than apply it because a lot of the stuff i've learned previously i can't apply it to my clients i can't the Krebs cycle gives a fuck, you know, again, you know, like mitochondrial biogenesis with clients, like none of them really care about that. They just want to lose weight and look better and feel good in their own skin. Like, so there's elements to what you do and what you learn that you don't need to. Um, and I think you always have to be asking yourself that question is what I'm learning actually going to positively affect the results I get from my clients and also my ability to coach people and to coach people well, because a lot of the time, I think a lot of the courses out there designed anyway for, for PTs aren't, great for that and i suppose with what we you know what we try to do that weekend is it's exactly what it's going to do is it's straight away if you if you apply it to your clients you're going to have a better understanding of being able to assess them know where they're at and then that start point then and the information you give them at that start point is going to vary from client to client but that's good because you know where they're at to start with rather than just treating every single person the same and going oh what your numbers i'll put them in this formula that's not how it works (laughs) like that i've don't use a formula. Like, I don't use a formula to work out calories. Like, don't do it. There's better ways of doing it. Understanding the person, they might not even be ready for that yet. And I think that's where it comes from, is people just want to learn and know more and know more. And it's like, no, start applying shit, make mistakes, learn from them. That's far better <laughs> teaching than sitting there being lectured at. That shit. <laughs> yeah, and it's almost like uh, there is some sort of, uh, oh, I've been on this course, I've been on this course, I've been on this yeah. course. You're like, oh, great, cool. All right, that's, yeah. Honestly, not that many in the last year. I've I've been forced to by Josh, but that's about it because he wants to go. 
FMS, they want it. FMS. He was like, yeah, we've got to do it, Dom. Yeah, lovely. Lovely job, mate. Yeah, Cockney. FMS. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we did it just to keep Josh happy. He's fine. Josh will be doing like FMS level 97. In and he's, uh, yeah, he's basically, he's he's bought the company. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, he's going to afford it. He's going to afford it. He's basically just bought the, the facilities and just decided to, I think he, all he wanted was the polo top, weirdly, so, but they talked him into buying the company. So, yeah, it's about right. <laughs> Love that. Um, so yeah, with the with the uh, addressing that to coaching, because when you said that it was like it's too much information, that kind of stuff, and you've you're kind of putting that from a point of view of coaches either having slight verbal diarrhea and giving too many cues from a nutrition point of view, um, basically chopping that up. That hundred percent applies one to one, even from also, refining <laughs> it's just like right we, we all get like the uh the trainer that stands there and there's loads of youtube videos i'm sure of the guy that will give you loads of really random stuff it's like yeah your psoas is clearly not firing we need to externally rotate into that you like your client's sitting like so what does that mean i've seen it before with people where they do they say to a client like oh do that you know they'll say do this i can't think of an example off the top of my head right me. Like, oh, my big like, one is brace your core and squeeze your glutes yeah there you go so they'll, go, <laughs> so, they'll go, so they'll go brace your core squeeze your glutes they'll do a rep and they go no no not, not like not that not like that, that. alright no, no. and then they'll go and then they'll point them and go squeeze here and squeeze here and you're like okay no not like that so what I want you to think about is I want you to think about doing this it's like you've not even given them more than a rep to think about it like and process that information like let them have 10 reps let them have a whole set trying to work this out they might just get what you mean yeah. but you, when you jump in and when you jump in with a client and you just try and overload them with cues and stuff they can't remember them for one but two there's no element of learning like part of the positive with clients is that they learn from their mistakes just as we do so I used to do it with clients all the time and I used to get odd looks from trainers I'm sure I did I don't care because I was better than them. But like, <laughs> you watch someone and you let them do a set and they were doing it probably incorrectly. But you watch the first three reps and you go, oh, let them, they're not going to hurt themselves. So we're like, carry on. And then three more reps go by and you're like, mm, they're still not really got this up there. And you just go, right, we'll let them do it. And then you just wait and then you go, right, next set, I want you to do this. Or next set, I want yeah. you to do that. And you just let them, rather than most clients, just go, no, stop there. Stop there. <laughs> and it's like, no, because the amount of times I've had a client and the first couple of reps don't look great, but by the end, they've got it. And I'm like, and then I say to them, the last couple of reps there were, were perfect. That's what I want next time for the whole set. And, and then they might be like, oh, yeah, no, I really felt it the last towards the end. And I know what you mean now when you said that. But it takes that, their brain time to, like, it's a motor skill. Like, it's, it's, to, them, to them, it's like, it's like learning to ride a bike. They've never done it before. Yeah, like, so they need time to fall off. And get back on. Like, Skill acquisition. Quite understand that, just, do they? They don't get. You need that, that repetition to happen. So and just self-learning, self-taught stuff is huge yeah, within a learning the spectrum. The trainers are so quick to be like, "No, take the load off. No, go back to the basics. <laughs> go back to without a bar." I'm like, but, "No, like, they're fine. Like, you just didn't coach them properly." So, the, so the, the, the feed that the um, so I I taught uh, what was it? But we did about two hours on coaching queuing. Um, this is like. I'm not particularly. I'm not teaching how to do a deadlift. I'm assuming that the trainers I'm teaching te know how to teach a deadlift. I'm talking about the verbiage and the language that they're going to start to use and how they're using their environment. And the biggest bit of feedback was that um, people felt like because of the money they were being paid for the hour that they needed to give that information and give uh, value. And I was like, all right, well, would they not get more value from you? Just know it but you can make them do it really, really simply. And then that's going to be the value because they managed to get you. They don't, you don't have to be like, 
let's fill all the silences. I was like, yeah, that person, like, say if they're training with me, can be paying nearly one and a half, Millions. two pounds. <laughs> Millions of pounds. I know, it's an hour session, they're like one and a half pound to two pound a minute, right? And if I'm sitting there going, shh, 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 this person's paying me like one one pound fifty a minute, I've got to keep giving value. Like, basically, I've got to give them a coffee every two minutes. Mm. Um if I'm doing that, then I ain't thinking about what they're doing at all. I'm I think it's, it's, one of those, it's one of those things where people, the value you're giving them is you're taking stress away from them. Yeah, like you're relieving them of stress. Like, and that people pay fortune for that. And they come into the gym. They don't know what they're doing in the gym. They don't like the environment. They need to feel secure. They need to feel safe. And actually you being quiet means that they go, hang on a minute, I'm doing this right. <laughs> or whatever, you know. And like, so it's one of those situations where they come to you for a top quality session they're going to get coached properly but they want to leave with that sense of achievement in the sense that they've done something that session not that they would feel like a failure if they leave that session and they don't feel like they've actually done any sets or any reps because you were just shouting at them you know random words and cues and they leave feelings if they failed the session they didn't achieve anything they're not going to want to come back very quickly whereas actually if you shut up and let them do stuff um, and coach them properly they want to come back and see you and like, like you said there's no surprise that that you know, like someone like yourself is can charge what you charge and is is as full as you are, and you're sitting there and not really saying anything. I was the same. I used to have some clients. <laughs> I never used to really say a huge amount to them when they were when they were training, and yet you know we were some of the busiest cl- you know coaches there. And it's like, come on, like you can't well, sit there it, and think. I had it today. I was doing coaching prep for an in- so interview and like interview prep stuff, and then I gave an example of what I would do. I I would class myself as a slightly fly on the wall coach where yeah. like down i would i would sit back if they're not going to hurt themselves i'd probably let them learn and let them do something and i'll be like all right what what was then i would ask them the question what do you think like i'm i'm letting them have an open-ended question to see what they're thinking about stuff um and today they were like oh yeah but you do that because like you you're not out to prove anything and i'm like what do you mean i have to prove that i'm value yeah. every single day <laughs> like, i'm full yeah but i still have to retain i was like yeah. at any point they can just be like nah i don't want training anymore i don't see the value anymore it's pointless um but because they were a new trainer they were like oh, i need to show this so it was very interesting i was like obviously i haven't been a new trainer i'm five years in i would like to say that i'm 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 there or thereabouts with probably how I'm going to be as a coach for the future, um, but yeah, and as an instructor. But with the we're talking about so with basically if if you want to get your notebooks out external external and I'm sure this must get taught on PT three I don't know but it will be taught in our workshop external internal and normal queuing um, and the difference between all three. And the fact is that we should be gearing towards external because it's like 80% retention in terms of uh, yeah. learned skills. And it's like, oh, Jesus, that's like, that's gold dust, right? And external cueing means stuff that's outside their body. So you're not using verbs like hamstring and like you brace your core. Brace your core. Because the trust me, like if you go into an accountant and they're like, oh yeah, oh, this tax and this tax, this number, that, you're going to be like, oh, layman's terms, what do I need to pay? That's what they want. Like, that's what the client's doing. What do I need to do? Like, a lap pull down, biggest one, okay? It's not It's not like, all right, you've got to flex your elbow down into, like, a little bit, I don't know, if it's got, like, a gr- weird grip it's from pronation into neutral, and then you've got to pull into your clavicle. It's like, you know what they know? They know that bar needs to go near their chest. They can probably do that. Yeah. Pull that to there. 
hopefully will feel around about here. Shock. Magic. And then, and you guys are like, well, I'm not adding value. You're all right. If they want, if they're asking, where should I be feeling it? Now you like, these guys are called this. Mm. I really want these to be kind of felt when you're going through that. But I've let them do the first set first. So I've had a little bit of external cueing, let them adjust. Now I'm going to show them a little bit more value. But I've only given them one thing to do. Like, let them, let them yeah. fucking figure it out then change it suddenly they're feeling this they can lift more load and we're progressing like bang 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 bang. okay so that's that's going from external into internal internal is like advanced that's when person you you might not probably the people in this listen to this show are advanced are you like oh well, i i have to have the cue of where my knee like tracks out and all this stuff that's advanced it's not a layman's fucking 90 percent of the mm. population term um and the normal cueing is zero speaking at all so you're trying to make them pick up without anything it's just demonstration super super fucking hard because you've got to have pristine form um and relatively pointless i think did you get taught that it was like um describe the movement do the movement with description movement without description and that was how i would that was how i started to coach yeah I think that I think that like you say that that is the the way you would go through it and yeah. it would often be when you described it to a client whilst going over those external cues and they could see the they could almost see the external cue as you were doing it yeah that's when they were like got it straight away they were like yep makes what, sense or what's big was like analogies like using fucking analogies in there from their day to day life is huge like, yeah so they can. They can correspond to like, it's like kicking a ball. All right, wonderful. I know what that feels like. It's like sitting on a chair. Ah, oh, sweet. I've sat on a chair before. <laughs> I think anybody said that sentence before, but uh, yeah. Sweet, man. I sit on chairs all the time. <laughs> sweet, <man. laughs> it's great. Um, but yeah, then you start looking into like behavior learning and making it stick and like practicing with, with come to the workshop. You find out all about this, like practice queuing, retention tests, like, chronic chronic learning acute learning all that kind of crap um whether whether people actually do it but it's crazy it's how you assess how you get to know your client and they're probably then within two three sessions you kind of know how they learn um and how they're gonna basically progress with you otherwise you're kind of like beating a drum and people ain't they ain't gonna listen they're just gonna be like oh we've been through this a million times okay yeah probably because we haven't been cueing them how they respond um yeah it's like oh they never get what i want cool right is that their fault i'm sure maybe not might they might just be absolute morons right now they'll be the old one one they'll just be like there's no hope brilliant (laughs) go home (laughs) we i remember we worked with one of them remember (laughs) oh yeah yeah of course i i I assessed him and then told dan what i thought and then uh, i was like yeah i'm going to room (laughs) (laughs) i was like he's fucking ridiculous walked in did he walk in with like a, a knee brace on knee brace like, yeah. knee brace like <laughs> he suddenly basically i think uh i think i'd probably made him sore from my screen and yeah. uh and he was like yeah it's clearly clearly been flaring up and then uh i don't know what he said to you like i just i was just like I've, no definitely not <laughs> this uh overweight lad who bless his soul he was in the right place but um probably with two of the wrong trainers for him i'm, sh- I'm assuming i uh, think he just wanted a nice female to train him 
which is fine. It's absolutely fine. But yeah, I'm I'm not down for that. He should have done burpees, shouldn't he? That's what you should. That's what you should have done. Doing. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Alright, we can talk about that or defining fitness. No, both, mate. I think both, mate. I think this. Yeah, this stem from an argument, really. The I think it's been beating around a while, right? Obviously, our favourite Instagram fitness professional, Ben Bruno. Um, just his exercises are cool. He keeps it simple, and he's hilarious. Um, go follow him. But yeah, he, he. I think he posted out about burpees, and he's reposted it a few times, hasn't he? That's, that's not an original post. That's from a, like no, a year he or two. About it a lot. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, yeah, how burpees are the devil, or burpees are bad for you. Um, just a complete waste of time. <laughs> so, and two of the two of the trainers, obviously, there was, this was going around the gym today, and I got asked my opinion, and I was like, "Why do you need my opinion? Like, what's your opinion? I don't need mine. It's fine." Um, I was like, "Yeah, with the proper regression and progression, well, progression to burpees, it's absolutely fine." I was like, "You can get from prone, lying on your face, um, to standing." Lovely, right? That's essentially what a burpee is doing. It's the uh, it's the doing them under millions of reps under fatigue is what I have issues with uh, for the purpose of weight loss. Is probably what the caveat and what their um, kind of I don't know connotation with, and the fact that they seem to be in programs that lack, I'd say, uh, direction um, and lack maybe yeah progression of some sort. 100%. Um, they just seem to be a very... Uh, un- There's nothing wrong with a burpee done correctly. Um, 100%. There's nothing wrong with regressing a burpee correctly. We all squat, we all like push up, all that kind of thing. We all can kind of jump. Um, it's just mashed together under crap queuing um, and instruction. And nah, the, thing, the problem with burpees is that the technique breakdown happens so quickly, so quickly and no one gives a shit about the form that they do them in. That it just it's just a way to make someone out of breath for no apparent reason whatsoever. And yeah, you can do like burpees in a minute or something, but again the form breaks down, it looks shit. And you're not actually improving someone's ability to train well. Like you would be if you were to do like a I don't know, like a mile row or something. Like that's actually gonna have some kind of benefit. Um Whereas the bur- burpees are just, they're just done so badly and no one can do them properly. Not that I have ever seen anyone in a group X class do them properly. <laughs> anyway. it's, just, um, it's just that. It's just a waste of time. Like you, right. The amount of energy you've got, you have to put into them. You can be doing far diff- you can be doing far better exercises that are going to get you far better results um, that you're going to hate far less. Um, and it's just something that I don't think I've ever, have I ever done one with a class? I don't think I've ever done one. So I have. But I do him in a plyometric uh, setting, and I only do six, and it's usually with some sort of med ball slam intertwined. And I'm asking them to react to get to the floor, so they grind contact times very fast. So it's like bam, down, down, and they probably wouldn't do the jump. Um, mm. They're just going from standing to prone to standing pretty quickly. Yeah, it's just a bias I've got. I just don't like them. I just absolutely fucking yeah. hate them. I've just done it in a very yeah yeah. Like just six, do battle ropes. Six or something. If you don't want someone to work on, just do that instead. Like it's just battle. We one of our go tos was like battle ropes, planks, T Rex rows. Go. Yeah. You're, like, you're gonna get screwed. Like eight minutes of that. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like I just 
I just think they look stupid as well. <laughs> they don't pass the uh, does it look ridiculous test, do they? Yeah. Right. If it looks know. dumb, probably is. Like yeah. <laughs> That's one of my tests for exercises. Um, yeah. <laughs> Not a big fan. They're fine. Do them properly. Low rep. Be fine. Do them lovely correctly. Put a weight on it. Screw it. Um, but yeah. When Ben Bruno, when he's done his video, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he got, he's got a video on Instagram of his client there doing burpees. And he said, and his client goes, Hey, I thought you said this was a really stupid exercise. And then Ben goes, Yeah, but I like to try and pair my client to the exercise. <laughs> and, <laughs> and his it, client just looks, it just looks at him like, Fuck you. <laughs> so funny. Uh, he's so good. If you go and follow him, seriously. He's, he's so, so dry, isn't he? Um, but yeah. So that's a little bit of, we're not against burpees, but we are. Um, but do just do It's like with any exercise, do it prop, like correctly and we're all for it. There's going to be some sort of benefit, I'm sure. Else instead. <laughs> but it's just lazy programming, I feel. Like Dean Somerset like always goes about it. He's like, I've never programmed a burpee because within the hour I have with my client, yeah. how, how do I really want that to be taken up? Like there's... Endless amounts of things. Like Dan's just said, he was PTing for years and he's never programmed one. That's like thousands of hours and he's never bothered putting one in. I've only done it with a med ball by a plyometric setting, not for like a sweater. That's because you had uh, a stupid client. So, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I was just like, oh, you're ridiculous. So I need to do this. Just, yeah, low low threshold. Yeah, um, yeah so that, that brought me on to um, defining fitness because it's a connotation of uh, what is fit. And it seemed to be the people who... There was a, a slight uproar within the uh, London Fit Pro community that uh, burpees were dangerous. And they were like, no, this isn't dangerous. I've been those people who can't walk upstairs. they just got massive... All these guys that think burpees are dangerous are the guys with huge deadlifts, huge squats, but they get out of breath going upstairs. I can do loads of burpees. I won't get out of breath going upstairs. I'm fit. They're I haven't not. got a huge squat or a deadlift and I, you know, I don't, I don't hate burpees. <laughs> I'm going to do them. Yeah. But, but it doesn't make it, a difference. It was just, it was just the definition of fitness that I found odd, especially with that connotation. I was just like, what is fit? I was like, I haven't got a Google up or I haven't got a dictionary in front of me. I've got it in front of me here, mate. Yeah. Just, that's why I just went on it. So there's two definitions of fit. A fitness or fitness there we go. the first one is the condition of being physically fit and healthy so yeah i mean that doesn't really help i don't think um and then the other one is the quality of being suitable to fulfill a particular role or task which is probably more the way we would describe it um yeah. the quality of being suitable to fulfill well i think within i think when you're when you're saying that connotation of like these guys got massive deadlifts blah 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 you have to use that one because it's not a general term Again, like, so defining fit, you know, you can be in good health, especially because of regular physical exercise. I mean, it doesn't really, it's not really useful, but then, it? then it's up to your opinion what that is. Yeah. It's like, all right, I'm fit because I lift really heavy stuff, or it's I am fit because I've got a good CV system. Doesn't matter, Yeah, right? And I, then I the other person I... would also say they're not fit because they cannot lift this heavy weight. They're not fit because they cannot run. Like yeah. it's just it's that's a never-ending argument. So I think the only way you can say is it fit for fit for What's a purpose. Fit for? What's exactly. it fit for? Yeah, the that's only, the way you look at it. This the only way to look at it. Surely, I just don't get it. Is I'm Mo Farah is fit for running. Mo Farah is not fit for strongman competitions. Yeah, 
I would say so. Like, it's just dumb. This is just a ridiculous argument. I was like, I've, it sounds like I'm coming down on the side of obviously the weightlifters, but those the guys aren't <laughs> just hating on some of the, the, the definition of fitness. So it was very odd. Um, didn't really enjoy it. Very odd thing to say. And obviously the, the people that are like doing lots of burpees, um, they were saying it, right? So very strange, mate. Very strange. That kind of really is stupid things on the internet because there seemed to be some sort of uproar about it when Ben Bruno's very tongue-in-cheek, but it's kind of the people lack of argument saying why burpees are superb and being like, oh, yeah, it's because you're not fit. Um, brilliant. All right. It's the old, it's the old, because it's so hard, mate. Brilliant. Okay. <laughs> Great queuing. There's a lot of things that are hard. Doing a PhD is hard. I'm help you. Yeah, it's interesting. Nice, mate. Uh, we got one for... I think the stupid thing on the internet was uh, was the, the queuing. It all blends in together, guys. It's mad. Oh, mate. It's like we planned um, it. <laughs> the queuing of tuck your chin. I've got nothing oh, wrong yeah. with it. I've got nothing wrong with it. But there's a certain place where it needs to happen. Usually standing upright. And it actually means kind of withdraw your chin. Give yourself a double chin. Not... Tuck your chin into your not, chest. Not, not bend over <laughs> so you're trying to lick your belly button. Yeah. No, don't do that. It means tuck your chin means give yourself a double chin. Okay, that would be a better term to use. But people use the term tuck your chin in. There. Um, what people do is they then try and get, like, what they do is they put their chin on their chest. Like, <laughs> and uh, then proceed to do whatever exercise they've got. So in every deadlifting or bent, people, <laughs> every single exercise. So it was just, it was interesting just to see. I mean, I see it in the gym quite a lot. Um, it's just something that's always been a bugbear, especially with, um, so I, I, some people might say, well, it's better than like flaring your, your chin up. Yeah, maybe, but well, yeah, but they're still both extremes that you want to stay away from. They're both extremes, right? So if we look at how we generally look at the spine, right? We've got three sections. Let's be layman's about this, okay? So we've got your cervical spine, your thoracic spine, and your lumbar spine, okay? Generally, upper, upper, mid, and lower for real layman's. All right, cool. Yeah, <laughs> for Dan. All right, Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, so, <laughs> so the upper and the lower, so your lumbar and your cervical. Both generally do the same thing at the same time. Crazily, if you think of the three like cogs, okay, if you had three cogs that if you had to turn a wheel, like so, the lumbar's going clockwise, then the the thorax has to go anti-clockwise, and then the cervical has to go clockwise. If you think of like cogs, then they have to move in different ways, okay. So the lumbar and the cervical generally do the same thing. So if I'm tucking my chin into my chest what kind of might happen at my lumbar which we all know is bad you might round your round your spine. back like it's mental um this is this is just biomechanics okay this isn't this isn't like tom's making shit up again no this happens um this is how <laughs> how all of the stuff works you've got that natural curvature of the spine we talk about it in pt a lot right and that happens um, so it's very interesting that somebody will get their tuck chin in, create something called massive flexion, and suddenly flexing of the lumbar spine happens. Sweet, well, yeah, right. you saw you saw it in a, on, in a trainer online who posted his workout and nah, no, it was just like appalling. Uh, I sent it to Dan. And I was like, "What's going on here?" I, was like, I understand the cue, but <laughs> there, there might be something. Should I have a message? Nah, right. it, it would take it the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, fuck off, mate. You don't know what you're talking about. All right, thank you. Uh, listen to the show. Uh, but yeah, it's very easy. Like, you'd rather everything in neutral, so it's pretty cool. 
Yeah. Like, what's wrong with doing that? Like, just. All right, I'm gonna keep straight for these. <laughs> Nobody can ever go at you. No, People just like the extreme, <laughs> didn't they? Love the extreme. <laughs> so it was fairly interesting. I I got my giggles out of it, but it just reiterates that there's there's opportunities to teach. So which is good, which is a good thing, Daniel. Hopefully, if they're willing to be taught, um, is the other. Right, mate. Have you got any other any other business you want to talk about? Because Dan's got to be off in five minutes. So no other business, mate. No me. other business. Wow. Jesus. Um, I guess we have to mention this, so thank you for Alex Smith. Krajewski. Krajewski, maybe. Something like that. Um, Alex Smith. Alex the physio. (laughs) For coming on last week. Uh, Some pretty good positive reviews based off that. Um, He's running a deadlift seminar soon. If you're in Essex, go to it. Uh, Contact him at Rehab to Robust, um, I believe. But his trainer toolbox has gone live today. His trainer toolbox has gone live, right? Um, I posted about it. Dan might, if it makes his stories. I don't really know. He's pretty pretty protective about what makes his stories. Um, <laughs> and then yeah. uh, Alex has posted out. So you got Alex. If you go follow any of the people that basically have been on our show, Alex, Dean Somerset, Lisa Lewis, Tony G, all talking on it, like, 20 is it 20 plus hours of content yeah. all that'll be pretty good um we're just saying this fyi we don't get a cut dan hasn't got a special discount code that he's gonna rant about later no i, <laughs> I think it works out at like ten dollars an hour for the content like it's not bad you wouldn't get that anywhere else I think. no not live so it'd be pretty good just like watch it on the tube bloom bring that in these all seasoned professionals as well so it's pretty cool um Nice. And yeah, Alex has learned a lot of stuff from uh, Stuart McGill, right? So the backfit guy. So. Um, that's where his, most of his, I think, a fair bit of his knowledge base is. So he is the guy to talk about back pain. So why not? Listen to Alex, yeah. but screw it. Um, he's got a bigger beard than Stuart, so I trust him. <laughs> yeah, so go hit that up, like PT Toolbox. Follow any of their Instagram pages. Go message them. Say that we told you to go there, basically. So you just get credit. Something. Yeah, just so we get credit, we don't get <laughs> maybe get a beer out of it. Maybe. When we see him. I don't know. We might. Maybe we we'll message one of them to come back on. I'm sure Tony will want to come back on at some point. Um, yeah. Up for a laugh. Um, if that's all good. All right, mate. No other news. We will uh, catch everybody next week. See you later.